0: Welcome to the inaugural episode of Short Box Summary. My name is George. I'm one of your hosts. Joining me, my Plutonic soulmate, Fabio Santana. Fabio, say hi to everyone.
1: Hi, I'm Fabio, and I just found out our relationship was platonic.
0: That's depressing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Fabio's been the the little spoon to my soul for years. And um, (laughs) we've recorded a bunch of stuff together in the past. And I'm really excited for this new project because this is all about comics. Comics are probably my favorite art form, followed very closely by music videos. But <laughs> I think comic books are incredible, and I want to talk about them. Fabio, what's your experience with comics? let's Let's get things started. I'm a
1: comic noob. Um, I don't know a whole lot about comics i i've I've read them off and on. I've never kept up with them like too regularly i think i had like a short period of time through maybe like a year or two where i was just buying every single comic that i could um but yeah i I, i'm not very well versed on the comics george i i've watched the marvel movies obviously like the rest of the world but uh yeah i i'm more familiar with like x-men comics but even still like if you ask me an x-men related question i might not even be close, so that's this is going to be helpful for me because I I don't I don't know a whole lot, and you're the seasoned expert.
0: I'm the seasoned expert for a very specific era, and that's why I wanted to start here. Um, I've been reading comics since I was a little kid. I remember being obsessed with Star Wars, and then they stopped making Star Wars movies for a long time, <laughs> but they kept making Star Wars stories in comics, and I couldn't read them, but the pictures were really cool, and I knew who Luke Skywalker was, so that helped. Um, That was my foray into comics was the dark. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Back when they sold them at grocery stores, it was a truly golden time. And we, we didn't even know that it was the best of time. back then.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I remember going into like little bodegas and stuff and they would have like little racks, you know, with just like a few racks on it. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. I haven't thought about that in a long time, but that's non-existent nowadays.
0: Oh, it's so depressing. Um, Marvel There's a Gen- romance
1: novel section, George.
0: Oh my God, yeah, we we get it, Danielle Steele. You know how to write <laughs> book about people sm- smooching. We get it. Uh, good for her though. That what a what a long storied career. <laughs> coming up with new nicknames for people's genitals—that's impressive. Um, yeah, man. Uh, so I um, I kind of just decided to get into comics when I was like 14. Like I've been reading them off and on since I was eight. You know, I'd see like a cool Wolverine comic and I'd ask my parents for money. I'd see a cool Spider-Man comic, ask my parents for money and do that. But I just committed to it when I was 14. I can't really say why. And I can't really place it. Like there was just something in me that I was like, maybe comics will be cool. And I thought they were really cool. And so one of the first big comic stories I read was called New Avengers. That was a big series at Marvel. I grabbed the second issue of that i grabbed the first issue of the ultimates 2 and i grabbed the first issue of green lantern this was back in 2004 and i didn't know what the hell was going on (laughs) i managed to track down other back issues there was a comic book store like a half hour away from me and then another one that was like a bigger better selection of comics uh, an hour away from me and through that and wikipedia and just general curiosity i managed to put together what the hell was going on and We're here today to talk about Avengers Disassembled, which was the big event that happened just before I started reading comics. They kept referencing it in the books I was reading and I had no idea what the hell it was. Thankfully, back then there was a bookstore called Borders and I found a copy of Avengers Disassembled. I still have it today, like a trade paperback collection. Oh, that's awesome. Still have it today, one of my favorite books I own. And it was a big story. And that is what we are here to talk about today. Yeah. Um, and that's super impressive that you were
1: able to do that because like, as somebody who's tried so many times, like I really have tried. Um, but what always happens to me when I start reading comics is that, uh, you know, it'll be like, to fully understand this story, go back, it'll be like a small little sub subtext, subtext under the first few pages, and it'll be like, go back to issues this through this. And I would do that and then realize that there was a catalyst, catalyst event that like caused that story to even happen in the first place so it's like i always felt like i was going further back and back and never actually being able to know where to start um so yeah i'm really glad to like have you kind of guided me through this as well because i i've tried and this is this definitely feels like a jumping off point where i don't understand everything that's going on but it's not foreign enough for me that i am confused as hell
0: gotcha Comics are kind of like smoking. You know how doctors always say the best day to quit smoking is today. Right. The best day to start reading comics is today. There's like no good place. And I thought yeah, about kids. where <laughs> I thought about Fabi <laughs> and I both smoke. Don't do it. Um, <laughs> five... <laughs> I thought about where to start things. And this is like the end of an era. And so you're asking, why don't we just start with the new era? And I think it's really important to understand the context going into the new era. And then. I started thinking like, well, I mean, to really understand why this is such an impactful story, they should like, people should read these issues. And then I just kept doing that. And I was like, really, you should start at Amazing Fantasy 15, the first appearance of Spider-Man. I'm like, that's 1962, 63, <laughs> like that. That's bad. That's bad. You can't tell people to do that. Like, right. oh, it gets really good at issue 500. Uh, just stick <laughs> with it, you know? Um, so I'm picking this issue and we're going to talk about other issues that pertain to different stories and other episodes. But this is the end of an era for like the big traditional Avengers uh, mythos. And then the writer of this, Brian Michael Bendis, and the artist of this, David Finch, they would go on to sort of redefine Avengers again for the mid 2000s and set up what I think is an incredibly impressive chain of cause and effect in terms of storylines, where it's basically one big cohesive story told throughout all the ongoings at Marvel generally and all the events that happened there, but basically between 2004 and 2010, you could even argue into 2012. Oh wow. So that's what, okay. that's what I'm hoping to to break apart. And Fabio, I might record episodes without you. You might even record episodes without me. I don't know. This is, this is weird. This is wild. This is new. This is the first episode. I'm really excited. Yeah, and can't um, wait to
1: have an episode on Rorschach's jacket.
0: Uh, well, that's the thing. I named it shortbox <laughs> summary, not Marvel summary. So we can talk about <laughs> anything. Um, But I'm going to do my best to keep Marvel straight and just go, like, in order. Um, But then we're also definitely going to take breaks to talk about some cool stuff that happened before this. Like, you said you are a huge X-Men fan. Um, This story happens right at the end of one of the most iconic runs of X-Men, called New X-Men by Grant Morrison and a bunch of artists. And I would be a bad host if I didn't put a gun to your head and make (laughs) you read the Grant Morrison episodes of X-Men. So...
1: Which I've never done. We will for
0: sure dive into those. And part of the reason we're doing this too is because digital distribution has made reading comics easier than it's ever been. I personally use an app called Hoopla, which is free with a library card. You just sync your account and you're able to download so many books. I also have Marvel Unlimited. I have DC Universe Infinite, which is just subscription services. Basically, think Netflix for comics. And also there's a whole bunch of illegal means to read comics which uh i'm not gonna <laughs> tell you to not do that because those
1: websites are so bad now
0: uh yeah anything that ends in io is uh, oh it's just God. it's just giving your computer every kind of digital herpes that has ever existed
1: yeah it's gotten so much worse uh over the past few months and i would not recommend that yeah definitely try to get it like a hoopla account or something uh, since it's free
0: Hoopla's free. Cannot recommend it enough. And everything's collected in nice, neat trade paperbacks just digitally, so super easy to navigate.
1: And they have stuff Uh, faster than like Marvel Unlimited.
0: Yeah, it's basically whenever it's printed, not just... uh, I think there's a three-month delay between single issues on Marvel Unlimited, and I think there's a six-month delay on DC Universe Infinite. Okay. But uh, as soon as things hit the street, they're usually on Hoopla. Which Uh, rules. they're, They're getting better with single issues for smaller publishers. I assume they're in some kind of negotiations with the bigger publishers just to get the issues up on there but um yeah they got a lot of stuff and i again i cannot recommend it enough
1: do it before they stop doing this because i feel like this is something that won't last for long <laughs>
0: like oh beca- it's too because it's, good. So cool. yeah, yeah. it's so cool yeah because it's so cool yeah <laughs> but also Fabio, i don't know they got a lot of uh, teenage mutant ninja turtles comics on hoopla and i feel like i haven't really read any of them Me so either. i would i would love to go down a deep little deep little rabbit hole with you
1: yeah i would love that i love the movies obviously um Mm -hmm. so yeah i've always wanted to read the comics they look much darker and and yeah that's the thing too is like comics are very uh versatile like they're not as pg-13 as the movies have portrayed them Um, there's a lot of really interesting like adult themes that are explored i think that are explored in better ways in the comics than in the movies um so, yeah, I'm excited to kind of jump into, like, some more of that stuff, because I am very, uh, very dumb, George. I don't know a lot about the comics.
0: <laughs> oh, hush, that's not true. Uh, you're not dumb, you're just uh, uninformed, but we're going to change that. <laughs> uninformed sounds condescending. I didn't mean it that way. Unexposed? Misinformed? I probably not have some bad facts about the Hulk.
1: In my in my pocket.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, he wears maroon shorts. <laughs> Fabio, <laughs> come on! Everyone knows it's purple. Um, yeah, let's uh, let's let's kick things off. Um, yeah. All right, so we're gonna start with issue 500 of volume one of the Avengers. Technically, it's also issue 86 of volume three. Comic books are stupid. There's no good way to do it. Um, <laughs> there was Avengers that ran for like I think 492 issues. That was the first volume, and then the 90s happened, and then they rebooted the Avengers, and it was god-awful, and then they rebooted the Avengers 13 issues later, and they brought back Avengers Volume 3, and this is the end of that run. They rebranded the title with the original numbering of the series, so if you just Google Avengers 500, you will be reading the story that we are talking about, or search for it on Hoopla, search for Avengers Disassembled, and let's kick things off. All right. So, Fabio, this book opens with a bunch of Avengers just shooting the shit around the breakfast table, and they're all basically playing a game of who would you rather?
1: Yeah. And so how did this because like that's what I I'm not sure if this is like a common uh, like thing within comics or if it's just this era or if it's just an Avengers thing. But why are they so raunchy,
0: George? I don't know. I think it was 2004. I think a lot of people were just horny on Maine all the time. It was time. just the product of its time, huh? Yeah, they were just horny out loud. Hawkeye is the one specifically talking about, I think, Madam Mask. I can't remember exactly which supervillain he said he wanted to. It was Hydra. To, Madam Hydra, okay.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, and he was just like, yeah, I, I assume she's really hot. And he's like, I got a thing for Green Chicks. And he just like looks over at She Hulk. And he was always like the horniest Avenger. Like, these are basically just soap operas that that come out every month. They're super reactionary, you know? Like, they can pick up a story and then drop it as soon as they want, which is really cool. Uh, you know, you're not committing three years and hundreds of thousands of jobs, thousands of jobs, probably, uh, to, to make a movie. You've got maybe 15 people working on a book between marketing and production, coloring, all that stuff, writing, obviously. Um, and yeah, you could just like, Oh man, that was weird. And then you just drop it. They they just never address anything ever again. Um, (laughs) But they okay, are so all... we just
1: we dropped the fact that that he's being a total pervert.
0: Uh, he is. He, he's being a pervert. He's being a little horny out loud. Yeah, I like yeah, to yeah. think that these people just have like such extreme lives. Like you know how like the Olympic Village is just a whole bunch of athletes just just banging twenty four seven. No, I don't know what that is. Oh my god, the Olympic Village. Like every Olympics, they, they just go through so many condoms because you get all these like incredibly fit, attractive people. What? Usually. Oh my god, they're just straight. Fucking all the time at olympic College. i have
1: to do some research after this
0: all right yeah uh, <laughs> um i wish i That's could send get you some into links the olympics. Yeah. i
1: love how the idea of like parents being like my kid made it to the olympics but they have no idea how fucking horny it is over there <laughs> like they have no idea what their kids are actually doing like yeah they're representing their country also a lot a lot of orgies
0: <laughs> yeah man <laughs> france really fucked over u.s and handball <laughs> And then later that night, the U.S. <laughs> fucked back. <laughs> uh, so they're they're just, they're having what appears to be a normal day. Uh, and yeah. all of a sudden, this old Avenger, this guy named Jack of Hearts, recently deceased, is back on the front steps, uh, setting off all kind of proximity alarms. Uh, Scott Lang, Ant-Man, Paul Rudd in the MCU movies, uh, he goes out to meet him because Jack of Hearts died while like trying to help save scott lang's daughter and successfully does they really didn't like each other in the comics um okay and so scott had been feeling guilty and he rushes out to see him and then i think he just says i'm sorry and then he just explodes like his power was all about absorbing radiation and he was constantly afraid that he would explode like a nuclear bomb and something happened to him and he flew up into space and he did go off like a bomb and now he has since returned and he blows up avengers mansion which is like one of the most iconic locations in the marvel comic universe from there, we cut to the U.N. Assembly in New York and uh, the Avengers are giving a speech with Tony Stark addressing the assembled nations of the world as an Avenger, an <laughs> industrialist, and as the U.S. Secretary of State because that is what Tony Stark was doing at the time. Which we is, all uh, want to get into to think
1: politics. About.
0: Yeah. <laughs> this was post-9-11, so um, I think they were trying to think of how they could uh, modernize and make the comics feel more contemporary and less sort of fantastical childish things. And so naturally yeah. you appoint him a cabinet position. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't know about Jack
1: Hart. Um, I had heard of, I, I just, that was the first time I'd heard of him was reading this, this book. Um, and yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Now the whole waiting, just a ticking time bomb
0: mm-hmm.
1: that adds a lot of context to this, but yeah, Tony Stark. Um, he's quite the guy, George, He has quite the
0: outburst. A lot going on. Oh my god, yeah. So he (laughs) is ironically giving a speech on uh, terrorism and how moving forward into the 21st century, uh, the UN and the Avengers together. The Avengers had become like part of the UN. Like There was the Avengers Charter and then there was the UN Avengers Charter where they were basically like a a task force, like a response team uh, that would answer to the United Nations. They wouldn't just be American, basically. They were stationed in New York, but They were welcome all over the world as part of that entity. Uh, Then Tony Stark just seems like he's on a bender, just on a wild one, starts threatening the Latverian uh, ambassador. And Latveria is where Dr. Doom is from. So that's why there's so much animosity towards that man in particular, because Dr. Doom just shows up like once every two years and just just fucking rains on everyone's parade man like he is just he is just bad news bears for most of the marvel universe most of the time i believe he's had a more heroic turn recently oh weird but uh traditionally that guy is just bad news bears um
1: yeah i have a couple questions about uh this outburst that tony has because like first off how how on brand is that outburst <laughs> for tony it was
0: so tony Uh, they don't really address this. They address this for like a scene in Iron Man two, where he's like drunk in his armor. But Tony actually has like one of the more famous comic book stories called demon in a bottle. It's about him sort of dealing with alcoholism. And that was actually when he stepped down from being Iron Man and um, Rhodey took over and what became like the new Iron
1: Uh, Man. Oh, okay.
0: And so this, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, but he did it as Iron Man, not as War Machine. And Got then he it. became became War Machine. They started operating uh, simultaneously. Um, so this is on brand for Drunk Stark. But he'd been sober for years at this point. So that's why it feels off brand.
1: Don't they say drunks are usually more honest?
0: Yeah, they do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, no, he he like really loses his stuff. Because I mean, like, that's the thing is that this is a strange outburst for Tony right in this moment. Like he shouldn't, yeah. he hasn't been drinking. It's revealed. Like he's not, he's not a drunk guy at the moment. He seems like he's just been going sober for a bit, but when he, like when he finally, finally rush him off stage, cause he's ready to kill <laughs> the yeah, ambassador. He's charging
0: up a repulsor blast aimed at like, <laughs> a, a you know, a UN appointed official. Um, and and then
1: and then they finally get him off, but he yells, at, he yells at Hank, don't you have a wife to beat? So, A, I don't know why he said that, because I don't know the history behind that. But also, that seemed honest. <laughs> so I'm going with his threat also coming from a place in his heart. <laughs> like, he yeah. really doesn't like them and is ready to just wipe the entire country off the map. Not just the leader, the entire civilian country of Latvia.
0: So again, loaded history, loaded history. They've been around, this is like 40 years, I think, almost to the day after the first Avengers comic came out. Close enough, you know, like around four decades of comics have come out. Uh, So the original Ant-Man in the comics was Hank Pym. He was a founding member of the Avengers and he founded it with his then girlfriend, I believe, uh, Janet Van Dyne, who was a character called the Wasp. And she is like one of the most important characters in Avengers history. And that's why everyone was extremely confused when the first movie came out without her character i see and to understand her character it's basically what um oh my god what's her name uh the woman from lost who's in evangeline lily yes basically her character except like a little bit more go-go like she was like really big into fashion she was a fashion designer and uh hank had some demons and took it out on her one night um oh he yeah he like actually beat her um And you know how in the oh movies?
1: Oh my god, that makes a lot more sense coming around <laughs> towards. Okay, all right, we'll get there.
0: You know how in the movies, uh, Iron Man, Tony Stark, is responsible for creating Ultron, kind of. Yeah. In the comics, Hank Pym is.
1: Right, right. Which Hank I Pym did know the... as like a random fun fact, but I had no, sure. I don't know uh, why, <laughs> like or how. Sure, no, for sure. Um, but yeah, and also an interesting little fun fact for those that might not know it. Uh, Jarvis is a real human being he's not a yeah. robot <laughs> Yeah, created by Tony Stark
0: yeah that was another thing that at the time felt like a real like wow you guys really just changed this because you could huh <laughs> um, but we'll talk about that movie eventually okay. I would love to talk about all the movies yeah uh, that would be fun even, even the non MCU ones like uh, I think you and I might have to do a special where we go back and talk about like the original X-Men the original Blade movie because that's like yeah. what kind of kicked off the uh, the superhero gold rush for for IP yeah um, yeah all right, my notes here. Um, He says he's not drunk, he just feels drunk. And Wanda confronts him, and she's super ominous and unsupportive. And I'm going to plant a little a little nut here, like a little seed here. I love that her face is obscured, and all you can really see is the horns from her cow when she That's confronts him. That's a really good
1: him. point, yeah.
0: Really enjoy that. Yeah, Um, and you wouldn't think twice
1: about it, you know, if you didn't know no, the she's... ending of this.
0: Yeah, and we're going to talk about all of this at the end there's there's gonna be like a big summary where i give like a a mini history lesson But let's keep burning through the story um we cut back to avengers mansion and people are surveying the scene and what's called a white code goes out which is the highest alert for the avengers i don't think it would ever existed before this so that just shows you like it's never good when you hear an alarm for the first time
1: from like the most
0: powerful people in the world like that's not great then people look up and uh the vision comes literally crashing back in an avengers quinjet which is like the iconic shuttle that they've been using forever um he just crashes into the ground and he just steps out and everyone's like dude what the fuck are you doing (laughs) are you drunk um and he has a quote here it's a long one so bear with me uh vision says i'm sorry to inform you that i'm no longer control the organisms that make up my body structure and that you are no longer in control of anything that we as a group held dear or what we as individuals held as important our time is over i cannot explain to you in terms that any of you would understand why and how this has happened to us for I'm only now beginning to comprehend where it is that we as a group have failed and why we are about to be punished. Do know though that this will seem as a betrayal to me. It is not I who brings this plague upon you. Do know that I feel an overwhelming shame for what now must. And then as he's saying that his face melts, it just deteriorates and he spits out five spheres that reconfigure into Ultron's, which Ultron is a major, major villain in the comics, he wasn't just like a one-off villain the way he was in the movies. Um, He just comes back, he's a recurring threat. And Ultron, much like in the movie, actually created Vision originally to infiltrate the Avengers and betray them, but he was moved by their humanity and their care for others, and then ultimately defected, becoming a true Avenger. But it would seem here that uh, he was working for Ultron all along. (laughs)
1: Yeah, this part's so cool. I just love the way his flesh is r- ripping oh, apart. It's, it's awesome, not flesh, right? but whatever the hell he's made out of.
0: How good is David Finch's art in this? It's
1: really good. Yeah. It's really, really good. I enjoyed it a lot.
0: This was the era of just, like, heavy inks, and they. this is, like, when they first really got into, like, digital coloring that, like, looked mm. kind of good. And I say good in quotations because art's subjective. Uh, this is when I really liked it because it felt less cartoony and, like, a little bit more, like... I want to say like Xbox 360 era video gaming. Like <laughs> yeah. like everything was like oddly shiny. Yeah. And that was yeah, how yeah. you knew it was the future, you know?
1: <laughs> Some but, muddy textures, a little a yeah. little bit of sepia in the background.
0: Yeah, You know, just taking shortcuts where you can. Yeah, yeah. Work smarter, not harder. Um, <laughs> there's a big ass fight. Uh, the Avengers win, uh, but She-Hulk just starts freaking the hell out. And she eventually rips the remains of Vision in half. And this is a full on Hulk rampage which is actually what brought the Avengers together in the very first place. In the very first issue of Avengers, back in, I want to say, 63 again, um, it's Hulk who's being manipulated by Loki to cause destruction, and the heroes band together to stop Hulk, and they realize that Loki's fighting, and then they decide after that, like, we're too good as a team to stop being a team. So that is how the Avengers are formed. And we're getting sort of, like, similar shades of that in this centennial, fifth centennial celebratory issue of the Avengers. Uh, from there, it cuts the two mouths talking in the dark, and I'm just going to read both their dialogues in slightly different voices. Is it over? No. There's more? Much more. They are many, and they have much to answer for. And that is the end of issue one. Um, I want to point out that this issue came out July 28th, and their <laughs> issue 501 wouldn't come out until October. So there was a big wait. This was just a big-ass mic drop, and then they just sat on it for a couple months with people just going what the hell's going oh, on Oh <laughs> man
1: yeah i didn't realize that there was a delay there uh, george how um how on brand is this for she hulk because from what i've always seen like she always seems like she has her composure together
0: she does she is considered like the good hulk she hulk started okay. because um I believe she needed a blood transfusion and the only match <sighs> was bruce banner Uh, It was like an emergency life or death situation. He stepped in to save her life, but gave her some of his gamma irradiated blood. Okay. And this is very, very off brand. There was a story that happened just before this called the search for she Hulk. I can't remember it too well, but like there might've been like a little sort of like Hulky rage moment in that, but like nothing like this. She never, never would it cross anyone's mind that she could rip a friend, like the vision in half. That's beyond the pale.
1: Okay. Okay. Got it.
0: All right, Uh, it's gonna go faster just because that issue was just most of the setup Um, issue 501 this came out in October 2004 Uh, it opens a Tony in his suit and I think this is like such a cool scene because I I really wish I didn't know what the how the how the, the, the sausage got made here George. Well, no, I just think it's really cool because, like, from the outside, it's, like, a super confined, super tight metal tin can that he's in, right? But then we see it from his perspective, and he's just, like, in a black room, like, in his undies, like, he's just chilling out in his boxers, you know? I
1: thought he was doing, like, those leg dip things, you know? Like, he was, like, on his tippy toes working out like a weirdo in his undies.
0: Kind of looked like it, right? But yeah. he's, like, on the he's like on the phone with people. He really sort of beat COVID-era dress, <laughs> dress code to... Uh, to the punch there, um, but I love that perspective. <laughs> that from the outside it just it's looks like he's yeah. so confined, and then on the inside it's like no, there's actually infinite space in here. He's he's in the TARDIS basically. Is
1: that really what the hell that works?
0: Um, I don't think so. Uh, we're gonna cover. It's called uh, Iron Man Extremis. Okay. And that was like the Warren Ellis book that was okay, the basis cool. for Iron Man three six issues, super fast. And it's actually the artist who did that was this guy named Addy Granov. Really, really good. I think he's Italian a futurist artist who was brought on to do the comic work for that story and then he eventually became the concept artist for the iron man movie uh in 2008
1: okay so life imitating art
0: regurgitating back into back into the arts uh really cool stuff so this is opening with him uh sorry tony uh talking to the chief of staff for then president and uh he just gets fired by the chief of staff he's like tony do i even have to ask for your resignation like you (laughs) you know what you did right man and then um, he's like, "I yeah, I mean, I gotta go anyway. I got important stuff. Avengers alert! Fucking deuces, bye, guy." He's
1: not handling and, uh, it too well.
0: No, he's not. Um, fuck up. <laughs> so from there, uh, he shows up to Avengers Mansion, and it's right after She Hulk crushes Cap under a giant Humvee, and she he uh, sorry, she also knocks out Jan the Wasp, who can shrink down, super size, and shoot. I think it's called bioelectric shocks. Um, so. <laughs> She's unconscious, Cap is crushed under a car, and Iron Man goes full speed and just knocks her ass out with one punch. He is the original one-punch man, um, and just lays her out. From there, the Avengers head to the hospital, and that's where you really get to take stock of everything that's happened. What do you think so far, Fabia?
1: um yeah i i there's like a lot of there's a few people i didn't recognize um i don't know who the chick with the sword and the great britain flag on her face is
0: okay yeah let's you know what let's jump into it i have the list here um so that woman with the union jack on her face that is kelsey lee she is captain britain and she is knocked unconscious she is on like a heart monitor i'm guessing. And she is a recent member of the Avengers as of like six months. Like she's brand new. She was like a single mother living in England. And then like the sword of Avalon start, came calling to her. It's very Arthurian. Okay. Um, I don't actually recommend that story because the writer, Chuck Austin, I don't think he's very good. Okay. And he's another guy who's just like a super horny writer. So okay. mileage mileage may vary. Some people might be super into that. I'm not here to kink shame. Um, Yeah, maybe go read su- Conan
1: comics instead.
0: Yeah, Frank Frazetta. He, he draws a beautiful, <laughs> beautiful man. Um, all right, so that was Captain Britain. She's knocked out. Uh, Jennifer Walter, or yeah, Jennifer Walter's uh, She Hulk, she is in shield custody. Uh, Scott Lang is deceased. Vision uh, boxed up. His remains returned to Stark Industry. Uh, Probably. Janet, yeah, Janet Van Dyne, the Wasp, she is in a coma. And Jack of Hearts has technically died twice. And so, really quickly, uh, Captain Britain represents like the most recent era of the Avengers comic because she was like the newest character that was introduced and just became a member. Uh, Jennifer Walters, I, I'm reading into this that she represents like the founding member of the Hulk. Scott Lang representing the founding member of Ant-Man. Hank Pym, the wife beater himself. <laughs> uh, Vision was long considered like the soul of the team. Because he would always like stick around through periods of like big change, like Avengers would come and go, they'd leave the team, but usually more times than not, Vision would stick around, and he was kind of almost like the, uh, I don't want to say Dumbledore, but like the chaperone kind of, like for like new members. So like he was really important in uh, in terms of roster. Uh, Let's see, Janet Van Dyne, the Wasp, she was also a founding member, so she's messed up. And then Jack of Hearts. I don't
1: understand that though, George. You don't understand. She's so small. Oh, in yeah. the comic if you look it up in the comic she has the tiniest little tubes in her nose she's like the size of Tinkerbell on a pillow and like on a hospital bed and she's got these little tiny how do they find those tubes that was kind of a, that was from? a
0: heartbreaking moment though right because her husband or ex-husband at this point Hank Pym came out and is just like dude what's really freaking me out is normally when you get hurt you revert back to normal size and you're just like a tiny little bug lady now and it's really <laughs> hard to operate on little tiny bug ladies so you gotta wake up man like it's it's like a really touching moment i thought um yeah like
1: a a scalpel would have like completely cut her in half
0: oh my god yeah the size of it oh her bed could have just been like a beer bottle cap (laughs) yeah Yeah, that's a
1: bad situation
0: really overkilled it with the bed they gave her um and then jack of hearts was there and he's technically died twice at this point okay and he represented the busiac era Uh, That was, like, he's long said that it's, like, one of his favorite characters. And the Busek era was, like, issue one, I think, of, like, this volume of Avengers, like, 1998, all the way up through, like, issue 39-ish, issue 40-ish. Like, he was there for a couple years and sort of, like, made the Avengers lovable again because, like, they went through some bad times in the 90s. Like, there was just horrible decisions made because they were trying to match the extreme energy of that era. And so instead of, like, talking about what's cool, they just sort of, like, fell victim to what other people thought was cool and uh they were not better comics because of it but he brought it back made it like a more traditional classic feel while still moving the team forward relatively and he also told like a 17 part kang story which i haven't read it since high school but it was like one of the coolest things i read as a kid i thought that was awesome just like a huge sprawling epic like that yeah um so those are like the metaphorical hits that the team has taken so far i mean they're the literal hits but like i try to fill in like why their impact is uh is so greatly felt uh from there uh we cut to cap falcon and hawkeye they're talking trying to really figure out like man what the fuck just happened like we just got hit out of nowhere like we don't get hit this hard we're the avengers damn it and hawkeye has um what's supposed to be like kind of like the summary and what will eventually become the summary of the day he says we don't have good and bad days. We have extraordinarily good days and we have extraordinarily bad days. This was an extraordinarily bad day. And you know what else? We had it coming. We're all about the short term. We're all about whatever's in front of us that second and then we're on to the next thing. Now Fabio, I know you've got uh staunch political opinions, but I want you <laughs> to think I want you to think about these people as representations of some sort of like cathartic justice for people, because I mean yeah. they currently represent the state of, of the UN, like the superstate that exists right. above every nation. But how do you feel about them sort of being all about the short term, whatever's in front of them that second, and then they're on to the next thing? Because that's that's two things: that's them talking about the way problems are dealt with in like rel in uh, relation to their world, but that's also just the nature of comic books, saying one story into the next story we got to come out every month we got to keep churning out that content bro so did that line stick out to you by any chance
1: um it didn't stick out because of uh, thinking of like the way comic writers probably are uh are treated or even you know artists and stuff like just the amount of time that they have to be able to churn out these comics without giving it the love and attention they may want sure um so that's, that's definitely interesting perspective. I found it really interesting. Cause like the line, be- just because these are all like alpha type mentality people, right? Like these, these heroes, like just imagine a bunch of military sergeants that you get from different, you know, military uh, units, and you put them all together in a room to try to figure out how to work together. You sure. know, there's a high chance that maybe if they're all at the same level, that there's going to be some type of head butting you know like and that's kind of what we're seeing here is like they don't know how to work well together (laughs) like they they can fight great together they can really like defeat whatever comes at them but ultimately they don't really know how to talk to each other it seems like at least based on this comic like there's a lot of um it's not really run democratically, right. In any way, no, like, that's great. They're that's not great. equals. Yeah. They're all above each other in their minds. Like, so I, I find it really interesting to see, like, I thought that Hawkeye's point was really good. Like, you know, the fact that they're, they never really get the time to like focus on the, or take accountability for what they've done. It's all just move on. And, yeah. you know, I think that no that's time for reflection. Caused, yeah. yeah. And that, that, co- that, that doesn't help them grow as people. It's, that's why they're arguing. <laughs>
0: And that's a great sort of meta comment on comics, too, because constantly, you know, everyone's just like, why aren't these characters changing? And then other people are like, this isn't the character I remember, you know? So there's always tension between, like, what people say they want, what people think they want, and then what they actually want, you know?
1: Right, right.
0: And I don't want to get too deep into uh, Einstein's theory of relativity here, but I'm pretty sure that equation proves that the past, the present, and the future are all happening simultaneously right and uh i don't know how to explain to these fucking virgins out there that are complaining about comics that like oh that's classic cap story that you love so much that feels just like classic (laughs) cap like still there man (laughs) like yeah still on your shelf or it's still on an illegal website that gave your computer (laughs) uh bad things it's still there so don't don't get upset when uh things actually move forward
1: yeah Uh, yeah
0: after that hawkeye quote hank shows up and uh basically forces tony to tell everyone else what happened they have no idea about what happened at the un this is before the iphone and before live tweeting and live streaming stuff uh so they're finding out uh and he's like dude i promise i haven't had a drink in so long falcon and cap immediately believe him and hawkeye's a little like i don't know man my dad was drunk and you're being a little little wobbly right now (laughs) and iron man is so pissed off he just flies away he's like man after everything i've done for you fucks like okay all right i need a, I need a second and he just takes off uh they return to avengers mansion and every hero who's ever been an avenger and is still alive is there answering the call how many of these people do you recognize in the in the shot
1: oh man um honestly just a handful like i definitely saw my boy moon knight there i know daredevil um but there are a lot of X, or a lot of Avengers that I've never seen before. And I'm guessing these are like a lot of the West Coast Avengers, and you know, from different groups, different eras, different countries, yeah. maybe.
0: Yeah, let's see. Just uh, that guy up top in the speedo—that is—that's uh, Namor, the sub submariner. He's kind of like Marvel's Aquaman, but just popped Aquaman. out of the harbor there. Yeah, he's Showed half Atlantean, as he's wont to do. Uh, that robot-looking lady—that's Jocasta, who I believe was like. I'm pretty sure she was, like, originally made by Ultron to be, like, his counterpart and, like, his his love interest, almost. Sure, robots. And, and then she she rebelled, too. Um, <laughs> that woman, um, that black woman with, like, the black star on her chest and the white costume, right dead center, right next to Moon Knight, that's uh, either Photon or Captain Marvel. I can't remember what she was going by at this time, but extremely powerful, extra universal threat. She is badass as hell. So there's all these people... That just show up, and they are just. It's supposed to be like the Greek gods. Like, it's its like a complete pantheon, you know? Incredible stuff. Just a beautiful two page splash by David Finch. Yeah, Great coloring cool. by, I believe it's Danny Mickey. So, thank you to that team. Uh, I'm and pretty, pretty sure end. Batwoman
1: is in the background somewhere.
0: I think that's Spider Woman. Don't worry. We'll talk about her. She, be- <laughs> she becomes very important to marvel comics i'm really excited if anyone listening knows i you, you can hear the grin on my face as i talk about spider woman um, oh no
1: there's somebody back there behind moon knight that's absolutely wearing
0: batman's oh uh, that's uh, uh, a what's what's her name that's uh it's either that's wildcat or hellcat that's okay. the that's the blonde chick on the jessica jones show
1: oh okay yeah cool
0: yeah and then right next to her is quasar who again can like Break the universe in half if he really wanted to. That weird guy next to, uh, or behind Moon Knight to his left is Hercules. It's just everyone who's ever been on the team just showed up. Yeah. It was nice. Good, good, good little reunion. Uh, But they rushed off. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Please get off stage as soon as possible. Um, So everyone who just showed up, is. Being, this is uh, issue 502, which is November 2004. Everyone who just showed up is being caught up on what happened. Nick Fury is there and tells him that Tony's been booted as Secretary of State. And moments after that, the UN says they're ending their relationship with the Avengers despite all the good they've done, which they do acknowledge. Um, Hawkeye immediately shoots back, with all due respect, we never should have been involved with them in the first place. The yeah. bureaucracy of it all was strangling this team to death. We aren't politicians, we're superheroes.
1: Right. And I think that that's like that's like the the whole thing that happened with Civil War, right, was like they wanted the registration. Um, some people wanted to register uh, to have a registration for for superheroes to, um, you know, to 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 kind of be part of the government, like their their hand. Right. And like so yeah. a lot of people were completely against it. And so I think that that argument kind of comes into play here where it's like they never should have
0: done that. <laughs> yeah and it's pretty interesting foreshadowing cuz you're right um this is this all takes place i think want to say about 2 years i think civil war starts in 2006 so this is eh, like a, a year and a half maybe 2 years ish somewhere in that window before civil war actually kicks off right. but they've talked they've talked about you know like working with governments and how Avengers are basically like a world power without any sort of benefits of being a country. You know, they're just like a collection of weapons of mass destruction, which is right. a then very popular take on superheroes. Uh, really good sort of postmodern, postcolonial uh, critical theory, basically, on superheroes by a lot of people over at Wildstorm. Um, I'd love to talk about that stuff someday. Um, But yeah, them getting the boot. And uh, Falcon agrees that it was bullshit. Uh, for them to get kicked while they were down which yep. is a nice moment for Falcon. yeah i, re- I really like that one he's just like yeah it was the right thing to do but they were shitbags about it <laughs> <laughs> and then cap the captain america just does the you know classic
1: like defend america no matter what like we're we're, we're good guys it's okay he's just like no it's yeah. fine <laughs> he tries his best to like make light of it and like you know not not pin any any point any fingers or pin it on the government or anything
0: one of my goals for this podcast is to make you a huge Captain America fan. I'm really, <laughs> I'm really excited. I yeah, know I've it's, never uh, really
1: read much Captain America. So it's, I know uh, the
0: idea of Captain America is kind of problematic to just have like one person sort of like embody the the nation and just like represents like, what about the bad parts of America? Do you represent those two? Because you kind of right. do if you, just, if you represent America. Um,
1: right, right.
0: So I'm excited to dive into those. Also, they're kind of like 70s neo-noir spy books. So like they're, they're super fun.
1: Yeah. And I honestly, I think, I think Iron Man's much more problematic anyway with his weapon sales. So like, you know, I, I think uh, that, I think that captain America may, may not even be as bad as Tony Stark.
0: <laughs> oh my God, dude. Yeah. You read civil war, right? Yeah. Do You know what happens after civil war? I'm not sure.
1: Cause I never read civil war two or anything.
0: Oh uh, no. Civil war two is like a 10 year anniversary event. Like that, that, oh. took, that was from like 2017, 2016 okay. or something. Uh, no, Tony Stark becomes the head of shield after, uh, after a civil war
1: it's not what you want
0: nope it's not um (laughs) all right let's jump back to the story uh all of a sudden uh alien spaceships show up out of nowhere and just start blasting fury is trying to get the helicarrier uh he flew in on to help out but they can't see anything for whatever reason it's an all-out war between the avengers and a kree warship um the kree uh they're the aliens as seen in captain marvel and a lot in uh guardians of the galaxy they are blue shaped uh they are generally super friendly to earth like uh there's sort of like a little triad going on where it's avengers or sorry earth avengers basically uh the kree and then the skrulls and the kree and the skrulls are constantly fighting each other huge intergalactic war that spans centuries uh they absolutely hate each other and uh while the kree have been sort of hostile towards earth in the past uh, they're generally way chiller with people than the Skrulls are, so this seems like kind of a shock. Uh, big-ass battle happens. They capture a Kree soldier, and they ask what's going on. The Kree soldier responds, It was foretold by the supreme intelligence that this day would come. This is the end of the Avengers, and the Kree have arrived to see it so. You will die by the hand of those you betrayed. This is the day.
1: So it's like the seventh seal of Ultron being broken open.
0: Yeah, I mean, kind of. Yeah. Like everyone's just saying about. all this. All, everyone's saying all this shit about like, man, these guys like really had it coming. Uh, even yeah. Hawkeye said, man, we did. We really had it coming.
1: Yeah. Maybe he shouldn't have, you know, m- mentioned the color of their skin though. Like that was a little, <laughs> like I was on board with Hawkeye until he got a little racist towards the Cree boys. Oh yeah, Oh man. I didn't even jot that down. <laughs> I was surprised. I was like, Hawkeye, you're impressing me. And then he says that and I'm like, God, well, fun, yeah that? oh
0: my god you went on a full journey because at first you're like why is hawkeye such a pervert and then he was yeah. like anti-establishment you're like okay oh, all right good on you purple purple man <laughs> uh, but then sorry, he says not, some not the actual stuff. purple man that's a different villain we'll, we'll get into <laughs> that. god comics are great and terrible um <laughs> all right so fury comments of the kree have way advanced technology and they could just blow up new york and they should not be sending in ground troops but they are Nothing about this feels right to Nick Fury, who's usually the smartest person in the room besides Reed Richards. Like, smartest about, like, how to survive, not smartest about how to, you know, fly into space on a ship. Um, That's Reed Richards. But he's usually, like, two steps ahead of everyone, Uh, Nick Fury is. Uh, Clint shows up after restocking his arrows, because, I mean, that's his superpowers. He's really good at at bows and arrows. And he promptly dies after sacrificing himself to blow up the warship. Uh, Did that moment mean anything to you?
1: I mean, honestly, after he's called them blue
0: fucks, I was like, all right. <laughs> you don't know that. He could have called them blue shits.
1: <laughs> yeah, I always wonder that, George, is like when they have like all the uh, little symbols to represent like the swear words. Yeah. I don't get them sometimes. <laughs> I have to I have to cycle through a few swear words to figure out what maybe they meant.
0: In later comics, they actually started uh, just replacing it with like asterisks like not like you know not ampersand yeah. question mark that's helpful at symbol and sometimes there'll be like one letter on either side to like imply what the yeah. word is like they give it a little bit more like stage direction which is nice
1: yeah yeah, yeah. that's that that is nice because I, right. I got questions about what words they're saying
0: <laughs> uh, so after he blows up the warship uh, the Avengers are ready to counterattack and the crew are like deuces and they just take off all of a sudden they're gone everyone's super confused and then Doctor Strange shows up and he just goes, the magics are being abused. And Cap just goes, oh, no.
1: <laughs> I didn't read it like that in my mind. But yeah, <laughs> that is what he says. That's...
0: So the, the oh, no is there because like, uh, speaking of horny, man. So there was I don't think there was a lot of editorial oversight going on with this event and like comics before. Like they really sort of buttoned up after this and everything became like a lot more organized. OK, because uh, Cap was just just fucking dating a million people really before this yeah so like in one of his time he had two ongoing books at the time and in one of them he was getting a little flirty getting a little close with scarlet witch but she was being a little weird and like uh i guess atypical uncharacteristic of her normally but she she's okay. being really cool and he's just like wow she's like such a cool chick and he was just like maybe there's something here and then in another comic he was like banging an ex-girlfriend um and then flirting with like a second ex-girlfriend after after that like he, he was just he was getting around he's and messy again, i'm not I'm not here to kink shame. Like that's not why we're no, doing but, this podcast. No, but you know,
1: let your exes die.
0: <laughs> but I, I I, think that's why I read it as, oh no. Yeah, <laughs> like, cause, that's Because like in the back of his head, he's just like, oh shit, the thing I was afraid that could happen is definitely happening. <laughs> um, so this cuts, this brings us to issue 503, the final issue of Avengers volume one or Avengers volume three, if you <laughs> want to look at it like that. This came out in December of 04. And it opens with a flashback where Jan the Wasp uh, thanks God that she isn't pregnant, but makes a shitty offhanded comment to Wanda referencing an old story where she had two kids, uh, twins, that she materialized with magic. So it just opens with a with a uh, flashback and we talk about Jan and how she's banging Hawkeye and she was afraid that Hawkeye got her pregnant, you know, which is weird. It's like the one time he did miss. Yeah. That's an arrow joke. That's, that's an accuracy that's, joke. That's pretty good. Yeah, Thank you. Um, and so that <laughs> references an old story where Wanda and vision actually had kids and they had twins and um, they shouldn't have been able to. And it turns out that uh, Wanda used her magic to sort of materialize these, these little babies and um, her mentor. Sorry, I'm jumping ahead a little bit. Let's go back. It uh, cuts back to the present and Dr. Strange is breaking everything down for the Avengers team Uh, who were so impossibly confused about what's happening. And then he finally asks, is there anyone the Avengers have dealt with who has this level of mystic power, someone who could orchestrate this level of chaos? And then Cap actually has like tears running down his face at this point, which is, it's not great when you see the leader of your team, the the spirit that won World War II, not great when you see him cry. Yeah. (laughs) That's, That's a red flag.
1: What do you think, it, I mean, because like he's obviously there's a lot more history behind his relationship with Wanda. I wasn't aware of all of that. Um, so like, do you think that that was him realizing what what was going on? Like how long did it take him to like finally realize like no one's no, it seems like no one cared.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that, no, that's, I mean, that's a totally valid point. Uh, this book was like I loved it. I was 14. I didn't know any better. Like I said, this is like one of the first Marvel books I ever read. So I just kind of took everything at face value. Uh, This book was probably maligned more than it was celebrated when it came out. Okay. Like, I don't think people were super on board. And like, I referenced the fact that he had like a little flirtation going on with Wanda. Uh, But more than that, I think he just sort of like sees her as like family, you know. Um, We'll talk about it a little bit later too. But like the Avengers started issue one. And then Cap shows up issue four and then Wanda and her brother Quicksilver join the Avengers. And I want to say issue 16, maybe 15, like around there. Yeah. And uh, she's like one of the earliest Avengers. And it was super cool at the time because she was a mutant and she was like an ex terrorist technically. So like, I just see it as super progressive. Um, And so I think that's why he's so upset is like, yeah, he's like, oh yeah, I could have been with this person. Sure. But it's also just like, man, this, this woman is like my family and he's like, sort of like, you know, the end of the usual suspects putting together just exactly who Kaiser Sozia was, you know?
1: Right, right. And a lot of people seem to be, when after Doctor Strange asks that, a lot of people are, like, pretty much in denial that it could ever be Wanda.
0: Yeah, and so this cuts back to another flashback of Wanda confronting her men- mentor, Agatha Harkness, uh, who is on the show, WandaVision. Oh, okay. Um, she confronts her about uh, why people thought she had kids. She's never had kids, but, like, why do people think I've had kids? And it turns out Agatha was the one who actually made her forget that she ever had kids. And so now, uh, after that flashback, which no one else is privy to see, but we the reader are, uh, the Avengers are all sort of uh, finger at Wanda. Doctor Strange states that he delivered the children, and he had no idea that anything happened to them. He thought they were real. Um, as the Sorcerer Supreme, he finally admits, uh, there's always been an uneasy structure to Maximoff's power. As a mutant, she was born with her powers over magic, her, quote, hex power. It wasn't earned through spirituality. It was given to her without understanding of its consequences. And since they know it's Wanda and she works with this thing called chaos magic, they think it can be reversed. And Strange is like, no, dude, they're super dead. Like she used magic to kill your friends. It can't be undone with a spell just because she used magic. It's like, they're gone. Like you need to accept that. Uh, Dr. Strange then says... um, they fill her in. Sorry, they fill in Doctor Strange. She's like, oh yeah, recently she discovered this thing called Chaos Magic. It made her way more powerful. And it should be noted that this Avengers Disassembled is the name of the event, but this story arc is called Chaos. So oh, that okay. was like a little a little hint uh, given to people. Uh, Doctor Strange says, listen to me, this Chaos Magic, the source of her new, quote, reality-altering powers, I'm the master of the mystic arts, and I'm telling you there's no such thing as Chaos Magic uh iron man comes back he calls the events of the day terrorism which i put in as a note for you because i thought that'd be something you'd note <laughs> about like oh yeah so i guess everything bad that happens to you just blame terrorists okay
1: right right yeah okay, it's, felt, uh, it felt like
0: a fabio moment
1: <laughs> it's very i've never but you have <laughs> me no way me good man
0: uh dr strange then begins to describe everything that's ever happened to wanda he wants him to forget who wanda is and he just explains her life story, basically. And ask if someone like that sounds like someone who could control the power she has. He says, Drama, conflict, tragedy, they become excuses to change the world to fit the image that she has for it. Uh, from there, uh, they figured out where she is. Doctor Strange is able to trace the magic. And uh, he's the first one to confront her. And she is with Agatha. I believe she's also with Vision correct me if i'm wrong i think you're looking at the page right now
1: yeah and i actually have a quick question about all of this because doctor strange is saying he delivered her babies right so he yes. like doctor strange believes that these children are real but yeah. then shortly after beast mentions something about how um how the children were conjured basically into existence through through wanda's yeah. will so are those kids real? Did were there actual physical children that she gave birth to?
0: Yes and no. And so I'm really excited because they actually talk about that in some follow-up series. So like okay. there was there were real children.
1: Okay. There was like A- actual
0: physical children, but like were they real people? Is the is like the question.
1: Weird. Okay. Um, interesting.
0: Yeah. That's and super so we, interesting. We see those kids, and they are just like viciously trying to protect her from cap. Uh, We see Agatha Harkness there alive and well, just sort of like acting as like a a nanny almost. You know, she's like the weird and she's a magician. So it's kind of like Mary Poppins. It's great. Yeah, I did like the fact, too, that Doctor Strange is basically saying,
1: like, you're blaming this thing that doesn't even exist when actually look at her life and how messed up it is. Like, like, I, I think it's kind of like a little bit of a call to like mental health as well. Um, For sure, because yeah. some people will blame the event and you know point fingers at everything, but like if you don't realize where that source came from, like obviously there there, there was there was there were there was writing on the wall, it's just nobody cared enough to
0: look at it, you know, yeah exactly, and maybe and that, that was even a bit of that guilt that cat felt, you know yeah I'm sure it is no you're right, and then Hawkeye just being like, we had a day like this coming, and it's yeah, yeah because they didn't check in on their own right. Um, so cap confronts her for a couple reasons partly i think it's because he's the most trusted member of the team he's the one who like he was the only original or not even original he was the oldest serving member on the avengers when she joined the avengers everyone else left it was literally just hawkeye cap and quicksilver who is wanda's twin brother and wanda so he was the one who welcomed her on the team and also like that little romance they had that little tryst um But like I said, there wasn't a lot of editorial oversight at this point because he's hooking up with a bunch of people. (laughs) Um, And so he's like, dude, you need to stop this. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Red Skull shows up and just starts blasting Cap. Blasts him clear out of the building they're in. Uh, Cap regroups with the rest of the Avengers and the Avengers ask Wanda to stop. Uh, She does not oblige. And instead, she summons a whole bunch of people to help fight the team. And what I think is really interesting here, there's a big splash page. So
1: that's what happened. I
0: misunderstood this. She's using her reality altering powers to summon these heroes. Okay. What I think is super cool about this scene is that there's a mix of heroes with a questionable past, sorry, questionable past and just straight up villains, which I think is super cool. Like there's Hulk who's often considered a menace as often as he's a hero. There's rogue who I think started off as a criminal and then eventually became an X-Men. There's the Spider-Man clones. Like, are they really evil? Were they just in a bad situation? There was Tigra. Uh, I believe she started off as a criminal too. There was Ultron, who's like the bastard, forgotten son, basically of uh, of Hank Pym. And so it's just like, is he really angry at humanity? Or is he just pissed at his dad? You know, like was he just neglected? And then Red Skull, who's a Nazi, and there's like no defending <laughs> that. He's just he's just straight up supervillain. Uh but no, I do that think that makes mix. Sense. I do think that mix of heroes with just like misunderstood. I do think that's really interesting because it's like Wanda. She's like, I'm not the bad guy. He, like, I think she's like sort of like subconsciously drawing on that, which I thought was okay. really cool. Uh, nobody can stop her, and then all of a sudden, Doctor Strange shows up and just like snaps his fingers, and and Wanda goes down like a fucking light. Um, yeah,
1: he says some fun words. Shut up all. <laughs> Oh
0: my god! Yeah, the the magic is so much fun to read yeah. in those books because yeah. I don't know the how the
1: art to read is it. so
0: cool too. Oh, it's great! Yeah, Dave yeah. Finch, uh, really good. I actually got him to sign a whole bunch of my comics. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, he went to a uh, comic convention in Nashua, New Hampshire. Um, and my dad drove me down like I think my junior year of high school. And, <laughs> that's um, great. Yeah, we just went on a day trip or overnight trip, saw Shooter in theaters. That was pretty cool. Shooter. Back then, uh, the Mark Wahlberg sniper movie.
1: Oh, yes. Okay. I was yeah. confusing that with Cranked
0: for some reason. I was like, that's oh, a really no, I... interesting <laughs> movie to see as a teenager <laughs> yeah. with your dad. <laughs> um. After Wanda gets shut down, uh Nick Fury finds Agatha Harkness and she's found dead in a chair near the near the window. So dead. It, oh my god. Did you did you get psycho vibes? Like didn't that feel like the mom from Psycho, like Norman Bates's mom?
1: Yeah, and it it kind of reminded me of that and um even like Friday the 13th uh when she oh, has yeah. like the when he has like in the second one, he has like the shrine of his mom and it's just like this decrepit skull, like just all mm-hmm. skin just rotted. That's basically Agatha in this <laughs> this panel
0: basically yeah um so she's found dead uh magneto shows up just takes his daughter and then everyone just leaves yeah like, like that's the end of the comic it's just like well that sucks and they're just they just bounce <laughs> they're yeah. just out of there um from there uh the next month in january of 2005 there was a book called Avengers Finale. And this was like a little coda to the series. And so I'm just going to burn through this quickly because we're getting a little long in the tooth. And we still got yeah, a lot yeah. of discussing to do. Also, it's a podcast. So you can pause and come back. We're not going to be offended. Um, <laughs> if you're listening at all, that's great. <laughs> that's, that's neat. Uh, so the Avengers Finale, uh, they reconvene at Avengers Mansion. Uh, they console Jan and Jen. Uh, Jen She-Hulk. Should I just use their superhero names? Would that make it easier? Maybe. Okay. And you can, you uh, so, can use them interchangeably
1: so we can all learn.
0: Okay. Uh, they console the Wasp and She-Hulk. She-Hulk is not in her Hulk form right now because she feels so guilty about what has happened. Uh, so she's Beast, just
1: dressed like a librarian or, you know, maybe she's like a lawyer, an assistant? Oh, she's okay. a lawyer, actually. There is well, a really good,
0: really good series in, like, 2015 where a former lawyer, Charles Soule, who wrote, like, the Star Wars High Republic book. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wrote a series where like the first issue was like her dealing with like patent law. And if someone like infringed on the repulsor tech from, <laughs> from Stark and, and like their super villain stuff, like, it was really interesting. It was like, wow, you're like the smartest person to ever write this book. No offense <laughs> to, uh, to previous writers. Um, so this, this book was just, it was half sort of celebration of the Avengers and then other half like, okay, so here's where we are right now. And so here's where we are right now. Tony, for whatever reason, is uh his secret identity is back. They don't really explain, I don't remember how he's able to convince people. It's in his tie-in, which was one of the better tie-ins for Avengers Disassembled, but none of them were particularly good, so I don't think of them very often, Um, but I think uh, someone goes around, I believe, and starts, like, killing people as, like, like, a rogue Iron Man armor and, like, trying to frame Tony Stark, and then... Tony Stark is seen outside of his armor, and his armor is working remotely to, like, defeat the guy who's killing people dressed as Iron Man. So I think with that, he's able to, like, gotcha and convince everyone that he is not, in fact, Iron Man. And then he just comes out and says uh, he can't rebuild Avengers Mansion or fund the Avengers anymore. Billions of dollars, thousands of jobs are lost. And so I like that he put that into perspective, saying it wasn't just about him. He has to do what's best for his company and the people who rely on him for, for work.
1: Yeah, and I, um, I honestly think that uh that that's super interesting because like he made he made a very quick decision, right? Like yeah. to do this. He's like, look at look at how much I everyone has to suffer now. But like this was kind of his decision. And I found it kind of like strange that like I, I'm sure that the Avengers, you know, cost a shitload of money to fund. But I'm just sure. I'm just surprised that like his funds or his like way of funding it was so marginally thin <laughs> that sure. like any major catastrophe could have done this like it did, it, it would happen in this book but like this could have happened any time
0: yeah like, and that's <laughs>
1: terrifying that like he was on the thread like all the time to keep really just
0: we're, we're still this is like what this is may 4th uh still in the midst of the covid pandemic feels familiar right <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, yeah,
1: it just like, shows uh, how quickly things can fall apart. <laughs> yeah. It really doesn't take much, and yeah, that's that's what's going on here. Like, they didn't get a chance to vote on it. None of these rich sons of bitches could have been like, "Well, I got some influence." Like, nobody, nobody even got a chance to like argue it. Like, this is a done deal. Everything's sold. Everything's sealed up. Like, he's yeah. already sold it to be like a historical site, the Avengers Mansion. Like, it's yeah, done.
0: He stripped it for parts. He closed all the tunnels. Um, yeah after that there's a really nice moment i think where carol danvers uh she's known as warbird at the time in the comics but she is captain marvel like that's the woman from Mm -hmm. the Captain marvel movies yeah um we'll get into her backstory but she is i think warbird at the time she also went by like binary i think at one point because she had like oscillating different energy powers she's she's a she was a mess okay uh, yeah i didn't know that she was
1: that until
0: around this era like this is when they finally started like buckling down they're like we need to put a woman of prominence in the avengers like we need to build our own wonder woman basically so this is around the time they started like putting an effort into it yeah i see okay uh so she starts by saying she'll never forgive wanda that she's been pushed to the brink too and uh she never snapped and then uh she hulk says she would have forgiven you and I think that's like a really powerful moment because, like, I I genuinely do believe that. Um,
1: and then, and then she's like trying to argue. She's like, "No." Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then Quicksilver pops up out of nowhere and like corrects yeah. her and shuts her the fuck up.
0: Yeah, and it's just like, I was in Greenland reading a book when all this happened. I was just, I was just reading a book. It just happened, <laughs> and he, he's just like, he's just beside himself. Like he is so grieved. And, this was uh, the most
1: Jared Leto moment. This was like <laughs> This was like right as COVID hit and like two weeks after lockdown, Jared Leto was like, wait, what? Sorry, I was on a retreat in the Oh flame, my the god, that is, that is perfect. <laughs> that
0: is so perfect. <laughs> uh so they asked Quicksilver if they know where she is. Um he does know where she is. Um she is with her father, Magneto, and Xavier. They are on an island called Genosha, which used to be the mutant capital of the world. There was, mm-hmm. like, I think 16 million mutants, 17 million yeah. mutants living there. And then they had a real fucking bad day, too. We're going to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Xavier is trying to rebuild her mind. Professor X from the X-Men, he's a really powerful telepath and psychic. He's trying to build her back up. Uh, but Quicksilver acknowledges that, like, when she realizes what she's done, she won't be able to recover from this. Right. Like, you guys were her family. Um, then after this, it's just dominoes. Um, first, She Hulk announces that she's leaving the Avengers, then Hank or uh, Yellow Jacket, as he's known in the comics at this time, uh, then Wasp, then Falcon, then Captain Britain, and then um, Carol asks, We did good things, right? I mean, we did do something good, I just need to know it was worth it. And then from here, we get a series of slash pages that sort of celebrate the highlights of the Avengers. And so I want to talk about these with you in order. Uh, The very first one was Avengers Forming. And this was a picture of like the Hulk, Thor, Ant-Man, the Wasp and Iron Man. And this is from Avengers number one. Oh, okay. So how familiar are you with those characters, I guess, outside of? the big ones like did you yeah, know Hulk they... was it was an original Avenger did you have any idea that Ant-Man and Wasp were original Avengers
1: no I I, I wasn't I'm not really super familiar with Avengers to be honest like the movies okay. were the biggest insight into the Avengers that I'd had I'd never read I think I read some of the Marvel Now stuff after they rebooted but I didn't ever read any Avengers before that this is my first Avenger comic outside of Marvel
0: Now gotcha and Marvel which now I didn't even like <laughs> very much oh, really? at the time
1: I mean I just I think I was just lost at the time i just was reading a bunch of the new comics and i think i latched on to like all new x-men and stuff like that sure
0: yeah um marvel now was like purposely trying to be different and i I really respect i really respect it for that i think the era right before marvel now was probably like top tier marvel Um, it was
1: a lovely time to jump in um i think that that was a really good i'm getting off track but that was a really good place to jump in um I think I just got distracted with other books
0: coming out at the time. No, for sure, man. Plus there's 10,000 books coming out a month and that doesn't account for (laughs) albums or movies or TV shows. Like it's hard to keep up with everything. And that's why that's part of the reason I wanted to do this podcast. It's just like, all right. So like you're walking somewhere, you got 15 minutes, learn a little bit. Like, yeah, make it easier for you. Um, So after that, Avengers were the ones who found Captain America. They found him in issue four. He was not a founding member of the Avengers.
1: Yeah, I didn't know that at all. Um, is this panel, is that like, the, that can't be the original art, right?
0: That is not. I believe that's by Northern California's own Derek Robertson, uh, okay. known for like the uh, the boys and um,
1: oh, Transmetropolitan.
0: Okay. All these splash pages are done by different artists. They were just like little uh, two-page splashes to celebrate a different era.
1: I see. Okay, that makes sense now. I thought these yeah. were all for original. Got it.
0: Um, on the next page we see images from the kree scroll war and that was from avengers 89 to 97 um, i think we might be heading there honestly in the uh, in the comics but okay. i don't know how interesting or sorry in the movies um but i don't know how interesting that's going to be after thanos like that's that was like you know pretty top tier storytelling and pretty big stakes
1: right right and this isn't like galactus or anything right
0: no it's not yeah, he so. showed up in later Skrull stories. Comics okay. are a mess, man. It is impossible <laughs> to keep everything straight. Um, after that, we get a really nice painted splash page. I believe that's I David that. Mack. <clears> yeah, that's such a <clears gorgeous <clears <throat> a art. Yeah. One of my favorite artists. Um, I think he follows me on Twitter. That guy's really cool. And it's Wanda marrying the Vision, which was in Giant Size Avengers number four. So not even part of the main series. After that was the Korvac saga. Have you ever heard of it? No. That's never. amazing because it's considered one of the most important, biggest Avenger stories. And can I be completely honest with you? Yes. I've never read it because it seems so boring from the outside. (laughs) Um, I mean, it's just
1: like, it's just a dude. Like the enemy that they're fighting is just like, it's just a big sun
0: dude. Like he doesn't
1: look very cool. He looks very like generic white dude.
0: Lots of power, I guess. Yeah,
1: sure. Look cooler. bud. You're (laughs) a villain.
0: After that, uh, they cover Under Siege. Or Actually, I skipped one because I couldn't find the source material for it. Where You see super cartoony art where Captain Marvel, yeah. Marvel yeah, yeah. takes out Thanos. That is Michael Avon Oming. He's a really good artist. I couldn't find the source material for this because it turns out if you search Avengers finale battle Thanos Captain Marvel, you just get the scene from the movie.
1: Oh, okay. uh, no matter
0: how much stuff you add. So I couldn't do research for that part. Yeah. So I apologize
1: no, for coming up short
0: there. <clears throat> Pardon me. After that, Avengers Under Siege. This was an Avengers 270 to 277. And this was like the Avengers sort of getting their asses handed to them. This was all the villains in the Marvel Universe were like, um, so Doc Ock, you lose to Spider-Man every time you fight him, right? And he's like, yeah, man, every time. And it's like, all right, cool. How about you fight uh, Iron Man this time? And so they just like uh... mix up mix up who they go after. They took over Avengers Mansion. I believe Jarvis was kidnapped and then finally Ultron unlimited Sorry, I was losing losing my voice there. Oh, you're like, good. Not drinking my tea fast enough. <laughs> uh, after that was Ultron unlimited. And that was from the most recent volume of Avengers 19 to 22, and that was a big ass story where I'm pretty sure Ultron killed like th- like dozens, thousands of people. Oh, shit. Like killed like he like basically killed an entire country in like Eastern Europe. He committed mass genocide. Um, so that was them just talking about like some of the bigger stories throughout their career. Uh, then cap says the Avengers have been a part of my life since the very moment I woke up to this new world. And even with all the drama and tragedy that has always surrounded us, it never occurred to me that it could ever end. I never thought it would. They then toast to all the major deaths over the history of the team. Um, There's a bunch of names. I'm sure you don't recognize like Dr. Wizard. Yeah. Wizard Gilgamesh.
1: (laughs) In case anybody heard it wrong. It's not wizard. It's wizard.
0: Yeah. Like I got to go take a big wizard. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. My, my new England fell out of me for a second. Uh, touchingly, uh, Warbird, Carol Danvers, uh, even included Wanda in the toast to everyone who passed away. Yeah. And, um, they go outside and there's a group of people, large group of people holding a candlelight vigil to support the Avengers. And this is the end of an era, except it's not because I'm pretty sure like a week later, new Avengers number one comes out <laughs> and it does everything the same, except completely different. <laughs> and so that is the end of the story we're going to talk about. Um, Fabio, what did you think of Avengers yeah. disassembled?
1: I thought it was really interesting. Um, I I've read other stories where Wanda just fucks shit up. Mm. And so I wasn't expecting it to go in that direction. I was kind of hoping that it was like something new that I didn't, I've never heard of before. Cause like, it's just, cause the very few comics that I've read, it's like, Oh, turns out Wanda was just messing with everyone's head. Sure. And like <laughs> that's, I was just kind of hoping it was something else, but I did have like some questions about it. Cause I don't understand. Um, like why wanda wanted people to suffer in the way that they did like why why did she kill ant-man or was it or like why did she try to blow up the avengers tower uh, or a building i guess mansion um like just why did she make certain choices why did she have vision show up and drop a bunch of ultrons like and make vision give out that lengthy speech of y'all had it coming like right what was it just misdirection <laughs> or was this just her out of control?
0: And yeah. She... Why'd she give him such a Hamlet moment? Right. <laughs> yeah. He, um,
1: he made a good point. So like, what was the purpose of all of that?
0: It's really interesting. Cause actually I'm pretty sure beast brings that up in Avengers finale. Like he's just like, was this the full plan? Like, did everything go according to her? Was it random Did she just set like all these events into motion and they just play out without her really thinking about it. Yeah. And there's Doctor's... really
1: no closure. <laughs>
0: no there's not um there will be eventually there will be closure i promise there will be but not not in this story
1: oh okay cool well yeah as long as we're getting there
0: yeah we are getting there it is a slow burn the early 2000s marvel universe um so like i said earlier the avengers first volume um lost to the 90s like it just became too extreme for its own good avengers volume 2 really lost to the 90s way too (laughs) extreme for its own good Avengers volume three was like this incredible return to like classic big picture stories. Kurt Busiek and George Perez had a very long run. Uh, super, super fun stuff. Uh, Jeff Johns, who I think is getting some bad press right now for things he may or may not have crappily told Ray Fisher on the set of justice league. Ah, Uh, this is that guy. This is some of the only Marvel work he did before signing exclusively with DC, but he actually had a really good run too. Um, and then Chuck Austin did it again. I don't want to like dunk on writers. Like, I'm not going to say he's a bad writer. I'm just going to say I didn't like it. Um, okay. But not to. Uh, not that's to, fine. Yeah, not to bash on him. I mean, he's still cranking out books today. Like, it's, you know, he's still a successful author. It's just not my Um Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then shortly after, uh, this is Bendis's first story on the Avengers. And he just completely blows them up. And I think that's what pissed people off so much. So uh... Bendis. As a writer, he was really big in the indie scene, and everyone loved him there. Like he was like Kevin Smith, except I guess not Kevin Smith. I guess he was more like Tarantino of like the indie comic scene. Okay, and so he got really popular, and like he always talked about how his two favorite superheroes were Spider Man and Superman. And so he started doing work for D, sorry for Marvel, and uh, he actually had one of the uh, Daredevil runs that is like considered one of the best of all time. Um, arguably better than Frank Miller on the character mileage varies um (laughs) and i know you're a big daredevil fan at least of like the netflix show
1: yeah and i I like i've read a few uh a few different runs of daredevil um i really liked i think one of my favorites is stone i don't even know if this is like a a popular or unpopular opinion but i really like kevin smith's run
0: on daredevil interesting yeah i i loved that series he talks about like a crisis of faith which uh
1: right struck home yeah 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 um god it's such a good series and i love the artwork for it as well uh yeah, that was joe
0: casada who eventually became the editor-in-chief of marvel and like the oh, chief creative okay. officer of marvel um
1: yeah okay
0: yeah I... marvel has gone bankrupt in the late 90s and then they had to like pull out all the stops and uh like really turn things around and they started a new imprint called marvel nights which was like grounded more realistic yeah less bombastic they just sort of like had a certain vibe and mood it was like a very curated line of talent and characters that they worked on okay and then that turned them around um let's see from there i just think it's perfect that like his first issues are like an anniversary issue that's supposed to celebrate the avengers and instead he just smashes them to pieces (laughs) yeah great stuff um one thing that I really want to talk about just super briefly is uh, globalization, which was like kind of a super popular movement, um, specifically after the Cold War. Um, after that ended, I want to say what was that 92, 93? Yeah, I think 91. Yeah. There. Yeah. And so globalization is an interdependence of different countries for technological, economic, cultural advancements brought about uh, by a spirit of cooperation. And I think the basic idea was that winners win more and in theory the losers lose less. Um yeah, like I said, came about after the Cold War and a a renewed interest in cooperative growth. And, like, this is when the World Trade Organization happened in, like, 1995, and then, like, the euro became the international currency of the EU in 1999, Mm -hmm. but there was just... And, like, everyone globally was working on Y2K to prevent that from being, like, an actual (laughs) technological meltdown. Yeah. And so I think that energy sort of, like, carried into the books where they did become agents of the UN. And then everything Bendis did basically undid everything going back to, like, 1995, 1996 on the Avengers. Okay. And so he immediately removed them from the UN, got rid of the characters he didn't like by killing them and also just having them like leave the team.
1: Okay. Um,
0: and I think it's just like really interesting that this story sort of like removed them from global problems that were supposed to be like realistic. Like they were no longer dealing with like terrorists, which had right. kind of been a focus of Marvel post nine 11 and uh, it refocused them on domestic issues. Um, but like domestic Marvel issues, not necessarily domestic us issues. Like it wasn't right. like a commentary as much as like, Oh, well, yeah, we're dealing with Hydra, which is the same thing as I'm dealing with terrorists, but it, it was at least like Marvel-fied. You know, like it wasn't like actual terrorists hunting down, which Captain America did in a bunch of comics where he was hunting right. down like <laughs> actual like Al-Qaeda style terrorists. Um, yeah, yeah. And I thought it was really interesting because this is when the comics uh, became increasingly meta-analytic and it became telling stories about their stories, which I thought was really interesting. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later as we get some more books under our belt um
1: right and i i think that like that that's interesting because like i've definitely read those comics where i mean you could just have spider-man fighting doc ock and you know it's not necessarily their fight but maybe the subtext you know yeah maybe it's what the the writer's trying to convey whereas maybe some of these other ones were just like they're killing the bad guys we did it. that's the story the story is we're killing the bad guys <laughs> like yeah and i I like i like that uh i mean i guess there's a bit of a duality there with it but um, we're gonna it's a way to get away from yeah that type of militarization and and just focus on actual storytelling
0: oh don't worry the story's gonna lean back into that don't worry. civil war War, uh, (laughs) that's that's a big-ass metaphor yeah yeah. punch you in the face Um, right yeah and for the purpose of this podcast we're about to wrap up i know we're getting long in the tooth um But I'm going to start referring to certain things as we go forward. And so I'm going to refer to art uh, or the comics as art. And I'm going to refer to the movies as life. Um, Just, you know, the expression about like life imitating art, art imitating life. Right. And the reason I'm doing that is because there's the comic mythology, which is like, I guess, the true mythology. But then there's the mythology of the movies, which is what everyone knows. And so if everyone understands the movies And accepts that as truth Then like I think that has to be like the superseding truth And it's interesting because The movies take so much from the comics And then the, they do their own things Which are then later reflected back in the comics Like certain mm-hmm. things absolutely Like the X-Men movie came out And then all of a sudden in the X-Men comic They were wearing like black leather right? You know? <laughs> and like Wolverine wasn't dressed as like a yellow Turd anymore Yeah you know? um, <laughs> But then, as we were talking about earlier, where the people who complain about progress and change, um, they demand that the yellow suit comes back. So it's always like comics are just like a living, breathing organism. Yeah. And like like we said earlier, or like I said earlier, because I'm you know a little loopy from getting my second vaccine shot today, <laughs> uh, the past, the present, and the future are all happening at once. So no story is more valid than the other. We are just picking out a specific slice of Marvel and telling you how it happened from A to B to C and so forth so yeah,
1: whatever you have ingrained in your brain i guess suspend your uh disbelief and just accept it as something different It's <laughs> a different variation yeah. of the thing you already know and yeah, then it's buddy. not that bad jarvis is a people he's got a dick deal with it <laughs>
0: <laughs> he makes the scarlet witch all pregnant and stuff <laughs> all right um so this concludes the first episode uh fabi do you have any final thoughts or did we already cover final thoughts with uh, no yeah we're good v- visions wiener okay
1: yeah, no not vision uh jarvis is what oh I jarvis say. is wiener sorry jarvis sorry, is sorry. a man
0: oh J- a jarvis wiener. jarvis hangs brain all the yeah. time you know? <laughs> just slinging <laughs> now he's got a lot more free time that he doesn't have to like dust up the bookshelf that right he's <laughs> like
1: thank god i could just chill out in my studio apartment since tony fired me <laughs> yeah
0: all right so you could find a complete reading list that i have made at a website called shortboxsummary.com that is where this podcast is going to live from now on and that is the first part of how to read a universe uh that is the beginning opening salvo for what i'm considering the meta narrative of avengers going forward from 2004 to like i said around 2010 2012 we'll see what we do there's a I like list that how to read a
1: universe that's oh, thanks, that's really nice
0: uh, the next section I have is Let's Go Back because I said so. And that talks about everything that sort of like sets up the status quo before Avengers Disassembled. And Fabio, I'll be honest, I don't really want to cover a lot of these. Um, I think some, <laughs> well, like this is just like how to set stuff up. But like, I would love to talk about Daredevil with you. Like, I think that would be super fun. Yeah. And I think New X Men. But like, I, I'm not saying we necessarily have to do this like in order. Um,
1: right. I'm a right, little right. I'm
0: more open to change. The original intent of this show was to be like, an actual summary of everything, but we're just going to talk about the bigger stuff, the more interesting stuff, the stuff we are curious about.
1: Yeah. And I think it'll be so, helpful. Cause like we, we can just pull like, and with George's health, obviously, cause he knows a lot more of where the story arcs lie, but like we can just pull specific stories and the nice thing is that you can read along and you can also um, come back and listen to this episode when you're done reading it, because then we have reasons that, or you know, explanations of, of things that you may not understand. Like I had a bunch of questions for George and now a lot of this makes sense now. So, um, yeah. you know, get through the comic, read through them. And with George's help, we'll all be able to understand comics a little better.
0: Yeah. Um, we actually got some questions from the audience before our first episode. Oh, even We've got two questions. Yes, I don't want to I cover them it. now because I think they're super loaded. Okay. And we've been going for an hour and a half. So we're going to record a special episode of just answering these questions. I'm very excited to jump into that. So you can listen to that next. Um, yeah, we'll announce the next book we're reading in this story on Twitter. You can follow Shortbox Summary at purplebird616. That is where we'll be sending out blasts uh, for all the relevant info you'll need. And thank you so much for listening. Fabio, thank you so much for joining me, man. We've been talking about this for a while. I'm glad we're finally doing it.
1: Yeah. No, this is (laughs) this has been really nice. I I, I've always wanted a reason or a way to like have somebody you don't want to ask people like, hey, can you tell me exactly how to do this thing?
0: (laughs) But like, so this is a
1: nice way to have this done for me without being without having to beg somebody to teach me how to read comics.
0: But that's interesting, though, because I feel like people are always more inclined to do that when they could just Google it. You know, I feel bad i'm not gonna google a story i'd rather read it it's a goddamn pandemic man i got nothing else to do i got nowhere else to go uh seriously no i just got a new job and it's work from home remote i'm never leaving the house again unless i absolutely have to it's gonna be fantastic that's my
1: plan don't leave your house stay don't leave
0: your house yeah it's
1: fine you have things there
0: oh my god everyone delivers it's gonna be great you don't live on an island off the coast of maine you're gonna be fine you're gonna be fine (laughs) um all right. Well, thank you so much for listening to the very first episode of Shortbox Summary, and we will talk to you soon.